I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, the happiest sound in all the world. Today, we're going to be talking about Wonder Song, which is a game that was developed by Greg Lobanov, published by Humble Bundle, and was released in 2018 on macOS, Windows, Switch, and in 2019 on PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Um, <laughs> so, this game, Wonder Song, is hard to describe mm -hmm. for me. I don't... <laughs> we, we talked about it last time as being sort of an adventure game where you walk around and you sing to people to solve their problems. And that's like about half of it, I would say. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the other half is it's like a combo puzzle platformer, extremely light rhythm game elements... And this is a game that just does a lot of things. Yeah, my, my first note here is post-2000s non-forced variety. <laughs> I don't agree with that, actually, uh, but uh, it, it is definitely in the same category. Yeah, like, that was my big takeaway from the game as well, is we of obviously talk about a lot of indie games here on, uh, on No Clip Pocket. Um, and a lot of indie games are like kind of known for like focusing in on a concept. Like one of the benefits of doing indie development is that you can do that. Um, and you don't have like a publisher that asks you to include other things. Right. Um, but this takes a different approach, um, that in a way that like felt refreshing to me. Um, I didn't know where it was going. It feels like each new segment is something different. Uh, in a way that worked for me, because I feel like this the game's more about, it, I mean, it's like a cliche thing to say, but kind of like the experience of it and less of like the like the moment to moment gameplay of it. Sure. I think so. I think that the thing I differ on here is and this is like the thing that I was thinking when I was playing this is this has got to be the closest that we've come to having an episode on pocket that I feel like maybe should have been a full episode. Mm -hmm. um, th this game is longer than most of the stuff we cover on Pocket, and in addition to that, it has a lot going on. Um, and yeah, one of the most interesting things about it is that it was this, like, it's not technically a solo dev project. There were other people who worked on it, um, but all of the game development part came from one guy, mm -hmm. and he made... A bunch of stuff, and I would say about a third of it is successful, mm -hmm. and I think that the rest of it is, it's mixed. I don't, I don't want to, like, I liked playing this game, and I don't think that anything that happened was actively, like, really bad, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of stuff that was exceedingly janky, and they sort of worked around it by making the stakes incredibly low at all times. Yeah. I guess I'm the kind of person that isn't really bothered by that. <laughs> I wouldn't be you bothered know, by it yeah. if the game wasn't 10 hours sure, long. Sure, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess in the context, it, it didn't really bother me at all. Yeah. Well, there were things... It goes, like, in two different ways. So, if we want to talk about the game mechanically, the mm -hmm. primary mechanical interaction that you have with things other than jumping is you have this wheel and this wheel is like a source of huge consternation for me uh -huh. uh, because it's controlled by the right stick and there are eight, I think yeah. quadrants in it, which I guess would be octants. Mm -hmm. It's like a color wheel. Yeah. And each color represents a note 
and uh, that is like represented throughout the world in a bunch of different ways. So sometimes you'll sing to some goo and the goo will change color and the goo will take on a different shape because you've done it. Sometimes you sing and the pitch that you sing at determines what way a platform is going to go. And then other times you sing actual songs. And the problem that I have with the wheel, and I know that it's the first thing that they came up with mm-hmm. um, because I went through the developer stuff in this game. Uh, it is like the best way they could have probably solved what they were going for, but it is so imprecise and difficult to like make work that despite this being a game about music, nothing you do ever feels musical in any way. Mm-hmm. It it is definitely finicky. Um it it can be hard to like hit the note you want sometimes. Like you'll hit like the area between two notes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um no, and, yeah, I agree. Like that is probably like its biggest uh shortcoming is like I don't know, it feels like it leans a little bit too much towards like like expression and like letting you like fuck with the wheel whenever you want to mm-hmm. more than it it's about like actually giving you like a like you can't fail i don't think ever in the game <laughs> yeah like um, even death like, is, like i don't even think you can that. die in boss fights no. like you just you don't have a health bar um yeah and it i do think it does lose a little something by having like no stakes at all yeah, there were times when, like the when you learn each part of, uh, or not the not the parts of the world song, but the uh, the Earth song or the Earth song, the ones that are like the I don't know what they're called, like the ones that you sing at the nexus points to get into the spirit mm. realms. I wanted it to I wanted it to make me play it right. Yeah, but it never does. Like it, it does everything it can to sort of like fudge it a bit where it'll have it'll show you where the next thing's coming with a little moving translucent circle and they've got like a little happy face scoring system that doesn't add up to anything or do anything and in the end it all every one of those songs always sounded like shit because it was always just like Yeah, you could just mess it up. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. And I don't know. That part, it irked me a lot because, like, I felt like I wanted this game. Like, if it was going to be a you can't fail it thing, don't let me play it. Or ignore what I'm doing and just play the right thing anyway. Because I'm sure some of these songs are melodic and cool. Mm-hmm. But it, ne- but the ones that I was playing were sat- was warbling. It was horrible warbling off, off rhythm and off key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that... Didn't really bother me quite so much, but the, the the way it manifested for me in a way that bothered me is, like, the parts where, like, you put the band together and they ask you to write their parts, mm-hmm. and I would want to write, like, to come up with a little thing that sounded any good, Yeah. but then I would, like, fuck something up, and it'd be like, uh, blah, Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I would just, like, not do what I wanted, and then would try it a couple times in a row, and it would just be like, well, fuck it. That's good enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's it. They do that in a couple of different places. You can like make a, a theme, a jingle for the candy shop mm-hmm. and uh, just, yeah, they'll ask you to like compose something. And it's like, I can't compose on a wheel. 
I mean, I can't compose in any circumstance, <laughs> yeah. but the wheel especially didn't help me. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, it, it's like designed, like if you were to, if this was a real musical instrument, if the Wonder Song color wheel was, mm-hmm. it would be good for doing things where you slur all the notes. Uh, I guess kind of like, I don't know, like, does a bagpipe kind of do that? Because like, it's just always playing. The trombone. The trombone. Like... <laughs> Uh, but it is not good for like picking different notes mm-hmm. separately. Um, I think maybe even just having it be like a button press as well. So like move the right stick and then press yeah. L and that'll activate the note or something. Uh, just to make it more rhythmy, I think would help a lot with this. Um, cause yeah, I, I found myself really enjoying all of the different little things that it was asking me to do, but not enjoying the execution. It was like being shown a a glorious buffet, but everything was just sort of middling quality. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay. This is more like a regular buffet that I'm used to. Yeah. It just looks nice. I mean, I could go on. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say about it. Like, I think I just, like, kind of accepted the state of it pretty early on, and it just didn't really bother me. I don't know. If you're gonna ask me Personally. to do something for a long <laughs> period of time, I would have I would have loved to have seen more polish on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't disagree. I think that the the little like like the puzzle platformer sections in the spirit realm could have been highlights in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were a lot of them that just kind of felt like we just did what we could. Like there were some that felt. Very much like experimentation that just made it into the game. Um, I was talking about the blobs that changed shape earlier. Mm-hmm. It feels like they were messing around in the uh, like in the development studio and found like a, an object and applied like the transformation to it. And they were like, "Oh, I could do this like in game." And so they just because it's like this weird out of place three D object that interacts with you weirdly in a physical way where like if you do if you change the shape of it rapidly you'll like shoot way off into the sky mm-hmm. and they're like that that's a game mechanic like let's just do it that way and it's like i had i loved that i loved that idea i'm glad that it was in there i thought it looked really interesting mm-hmm. but like they do it for 8 seconds it doesn't really get followed up on or polished in any way and then you're done with it and you move on to the next thing it's like this game feels like it could have really benefited from not having forced variety. Mm. And I felt like it was forced variety mm. and not unforced in any way. <laughs> I felt like they didn't want to do the same thing twice ever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. For me, like, I listened to, like, a developer commentary on this earlier today. And he talked about how, like, in a lot of, like, game design, they usually start from, like, a mechanical point and you know build out from there and he gave the reasons why and blah 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 and he's like with this game we wanted to start from an emotional point and like kind of build a game around like the story or like the feeling we wanted and i don't know i just feel like that kind of like clicked with me mm-hmm. like pretty early on in a way that like i don't know i just never really expected the mechanics to be more than they were i don't know it like cuz like for me like the the v- variety like was a big like probably one of my favorite things about the game 
is that like I never knew what it was going to do next. Like I really like that it went from seeming like a pretty standard walk around a 2D town and talk to people kind of thing and then it evolved into like a sail around this map with these pirates and like uh-huh. sing to like steer the boat and then it's like this middle part where you're like in a little time loop city thing and it's just like it like evolved over the course of it in a way that like I just I don't know I really liked it, it's it's rare for a game to surprise me with its structure like that anymore and I guess that just kind of like tickled my fancy mm-hmm in a way that, like, carried the game for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know that I would have... I wouldn't have described my feelings as, like, surprise so much. There were elements that I that were definitely unexpected. The, mm-hmm. the Time Loop City was a highlight, I think, at least in the abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the actual implementation of it, it went on a bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, w- once again, made you do, like, a hundred different things. Yeah. A fun tidbit about that city is that it's the one part of the game where you don't solve the puzzles by singing mm-hmm. because it's the part where your character is depressed and doesn't want to sing. Right. I thought that was kind of interesting and something I didn't notice yeah, like, while I mean, playing. <laughs> and we are like we're not talking about the thematics right yeah, now. But yeah. It does I think that is the game's greatest success, yeah. I would say, is that it does this uh its story really well. And I don't know. It, that was interesting and was what drug me along through the game. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that, I don't know, it just, it felt like everything was a bit of a mess. Yeah, I don't really disagree with what you're saying at all. It's mm-hmm. just like my experience with it was positive. Because <laughs> uh, like to me, it was like what the game was, was the story and the character interacting and like the gameplay was like a secondary thing and that's just like how it came across to me and i totally sympathize with anybody who interacts with it their experience is the other way because that's how most games are sure i think that it just kind of it, was... it just kind of clicked for me and i don't really know how to explain why <laughs> I, it just it feels like it is the game is its story and its tone and its themes and it is then twice as long as it should be for what those provide. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I feel like you could cut easily like two hours out of the game and it would be better for it. Yeah. There's a lot of, of just sort of moving around and, and doing things. Mm-hmm. And those things aren't very aren't tied thematically in with the other stuff, really. Yeah. For, for me, I think like to go back to the a point where like there's you can't fail at anything. Yeah. Like I think that's the big th- a big difference maker for me is that like that makes like your quest a little bit more like amorphous when you can't die and it's just kind of like you go from place to place and it's like are how many of the overseers or whatever they're called or left or like how many did do we need another piece of the song like i thought we already went to all the guys and we didn't get all the pieces of the song but now there's another guy to go to who might have the last piece but i blah 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 it's kind of hard to keep all the 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 story stakes straight yeah when like the gameplay doesn't back them up yeah i had i remember going back like at the end of the game and being like I I don't remember how many pieces they said they were going to be. I don't remember which yeah. ones I've gotten and which ones I didn't. Did yeah, like, killing that exactly, person actually yeah. give me the like, piece? Who or... gave me a piece and who didn't? Yeah. Yeah, I think there were supposed to be four. And I think there were, like, the start of, like, the last three chapters I thought we had, like, 
had failed to get all four but the chapter starts with them being like all right we had to get that last piece of the song Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm like what (laughs) and i actually i was under the impression that there were eight for most of the game and i think that there are actually six Hmm. Is okay, where, that's probably true. Because you go through and and do the individual like boss mini games at the end mm-hmm. once again too many times, uh, and I think it is six. It's like the bell one, that the sounds... piano one, yeah. which is two, I think, because it's the top and bottom row, and then the blob one, the horns, and uh, and another one that I'm forgetting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we may come across in our discussion. Mm-hmm. So I think it was six or maybe five, but it, we were wrong, both of us, uh-huh. while playing. And I think that it's not very clear. No. Uh, and that's the other thing is like the story is not really great. It's all about the 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 actual like. It's the character moments. Yeah, it's the emotional part of the game that is that the focus was put on, mm-hmm. and that is what I think works. Yeah, uh, the the story itself is like I had this feeling when we when I was when I was playing through the game, thinking back to um, Shadow of the Colossus, and I was like, are we now at the stage where we're subverting the Shadow of the Colossus subversion? Where it was like, oh, the god in Shadow of the Colossus turned out, spoilers for Shadow of the Colossus, turned out to not be a good dude. Uh, And then in this one, you think that the god's not going to be a good dude. Or the, you know, the sprite. I don't know what they called her. Mm -hmm. And that she's betraying you. But, like, she's more, um, like, morally ambiguous even than that. And so now just doing the good hero thing, as she described, is the way that we're solving the problem. Like, it went back on its reversal of it. Right. And being like, oh, boy, they sure did. There were a lot of twists and turns, and I don't know how I felt about any of them. Uh, isn't that the exact same thing as Shadow of the Colossus, where you think that Dorman is evil, but then by the end, he keeps his word and does bring Mono back to life and ends up being, like, morally ambiguous? I guess it is more only ambiguous. Well, I think you have to interpret Dorman as being evil at the beginning of the game, which I sure sure didn't. (laughs) I just was like, this is the video game... Yeah, it's like it's like it's like the devil bargaining. Like, I'll I'll take your soul in exchange for hers. I think the point where where you're supposed to realize that Dorman is evil, unless you're just skeptical of him from the beginning, (laughs) is when you realize that killing the Colossi is not an inherently good thing. Right. Which is what you're led to believe at the beginning. And in this one, it's like, oh, go to each of the overseers and get the song. That's the good thing. And then you find out about the hero and how right. the same person has told them to go kill all the overseers. Yeah. Am, am I just completely forgetting it or was there no resolution to that? Like the fact that she was lying to you? Uh, no, there wasn't. Because I... <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think about it today because I didn't even notice it at the time. Like the game ends and I was like, okay. I was thinking about it like, you know, a few days later. And I'm like... Wait, why did she lie? Did I never? I never figured that out. I mean, she said that she was sorry. <laughs> it's just weird. that's the resolution. There's weird. There's no explanation for that. Yeah, I think I think what it is is she thinks that undoubtedly, without question, the world is going to end, mm-hmm. and so she just tells you that you can do something to stop it to make you not feel as bad. Like she does this to a lot of people. It's like a Dune thing. Yeah, she's just sowing the prophecies. <laughs> <laughs> hoping that one will come true. Well, she said that like the Earth Song thing had been tried 
right many times and i don't know if that is to imply that she did do this a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and it's just given up hope which is kind of like the idea that you're given at the beginning yeah but then later like yeah she basically says like oh well you did it differently because you actually went and helped all the people and now all the people sing and now it works now yeah because you need the harmony of all the people in order to make it work Mm -hmm. um which is a very like pbs ass story <laughs> but like that's what they're working with here and it kind of matches the the tone and everything yeah i think it works yeah it, it almost kind of like it feels like a spirit bomb kind of thing it is exactly you, a spirit for bomb. all you dragon ball z fans out there <laughs> uh okay yeah because it's like it's called the earth song like it feels like it has some setup mm-hmm. it doesn't it isn't as corny as it sounds yeah and i mean it's like it's it is is it different significantly from like the Triforce like, not really. You just go and get stuff and that has that supposedly has magical power. If anything, this is better than the Triforce from like a narrative level, because it is, uh, because there is like a weight behind it. There's actually they do subvert the. Th- it's like if you got all the pieces of the Triforce and they were like. Oh, but it's, they've probably done this. Like, it's unpowered or something. And, like, it didn't work. Now you have to make sure that all of the Bacoblins are friends with you now. (laughs) Yeah, the Triforce is supposed to be, like, mystical, like, power of the gods. Like, you don't know how it works, can't comprehend it sort of thing. Yeah. It's an eldritch truth. Yeah. Kind of like the Earth's. Yeah, and it's also yellow, so it checks out. Yep. You got him. (laughs) Uh,. But yeah, I think I think the the narrative works. I think it's a little simple, and I think that it's it should be. Mm-hmm. Like I have no complaints about that at all. Yeah. Uh, if I have any complaints, they're all philosophical ones. <laughs> I feel like he's way too laid back, and that the, oh, the bard, the bard is. Yeah. What, what did you name your bard? Uh, I was so sad that it made me stop after four letters. Uh huh. Um, but so I ended up being Elig. Or Elige, mm-hmm. depending on how you want to put E L Y G. Okay, I I just when I realized like I wouldn't have like control really over my name because you just get eight letters at a time to choose from and you can't like plan it out. Right. Um. I just picked green for all of them because that's my favorite color and it came out as Sone S O N E, which I kind of liked. Yeah, it's got a nice little. Um... I mean, I imagine that. Okay, I'm now. I'm taking leaps in logic. Uh-huh. Sone sounds like, like it has sonar. Yeah, or so, yeah. Tone. Like it has that s o uh, prefix. It seems like a, a root for sound related things. Mm-hmm. It's and, one letter off of song. <laughs> yes, and mine is elege, which is like literally one letter short of elegy. elegy. Yeah. Well, one letter, and you have to move a Y to the end. But like, don't worry about that. Sure. So maybe they did do something there to make all of the possible. They took a bunch of like music words and chopped them up and used those as your letters. Yeah, that's which, probably true. Which is kind of impressive from like a linguistic standpoint that they yeah. could make stuff that actually sounds like it could be noise related. Right. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, just while we're talking about like characters and stuff, um, I, I really like, it's nothing like super unique. Um, but I liked that the, your three main characters are like the classic, uh, fantasy party, like archetypes, like a, a bard, a mage and, uh, like a knight. 
Okay, like you're counting Audrey, the hero as yeah. one of the Audrey, Audrey, I think. Audrey, uh, yeah. Miriam, and and the Bard. Whatever you call him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's like a fun thematic thing. Yeah, and I I really liked what they did with the characters. I think, um, obviously, this game. First of all, this game has like. I don't know. A like zillion characters. Yeah, like a hundred named NPCs that you can talk to. Um, who all have like little bits of dialogue and like not all of them are very long. Uh, most of them are just like a self-contained like one-off joke. And I think that works. And obviously I would never be like, I can't believe this game doesn't have more depth to all its 100 characters. This game I bought for $10 uh, or however much it was. But what they do with the, their main characters, I think, is genuinely really good. Um, I I really like how they're all sort of, like, they all feel fleshed out, like, even if mm-hmm. some of them are more archetypical than others. Like, I really like Miriam. Yeah. Like, I think that that character really worked um, as far as, like, being potentially, like, partially an audience surrogate to some extent. Like, you might be grumpy. Yeah. Yeah, she was my favorite character. She felt like the character that was designed to be your favorite character in the game. Yeah. It's like what you're saying, like kind of like an audience surrogate. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked her her development. and It's it's rare that you get that sort of... Um, becoming less rare these days, I guess. But like you just get like a plutonic relationship um, between a male and a female character, assuming that the bard is supposed to be male. Um, but... Yeah, it was just in a way that was really, like, sweet, I guess. Like, the concert scene is the standout scene where right. you can dance with her and have the conversation. is fun. Yeah, it's it's that and, like, just the fact that they do sort of the character growth thing, but she never quite... She doesn't, like, stop being the character that she was at the beginning. Yeah. You can see the actual growth without it being a total transformation of her which I think is a problem when you have a very simplistic story. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will be like, oh, well, the grumpy old witch fucking now wears rainbow stockings and gives all mm-hmm. the children lollipops. And that isn't who Miriam is at the end, and that's probably the better way to go. Yeah. It's more believable. Yeah, no, yeah, it feels more realistic. It's just like she makes a friend, and mm-hmm. that affects like the way she makes decisions, right. like in small ways. She's kind of a Susan Ashworth kind of yeah, character. Yeah, no, she's like a... <laughs> You can you unlock the affinity uh, conversations, uh, the Xenoblade thing. Yeah, it's like a. You can now cast magic because you and uh, and Miriam's relationship leveled up to S. Uh, you little little bard bard wizard multiclassing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we make enough references? I think so. I think we filled our quota. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so, uh, to to change topics a little bit, um, we both played this on Switch, mm. uh, of course. Um, <laughs> it, well, it's, it's perfect for the Switch. Perfect for the Switch. Um, but this, I don't know if this is just a Switch thing or if it's on other platforms, but it had, like, some graphical, uh, like, weird anti-aliasing things, like, where when it zoomed in, like, the, the edges were, like, really jaggy mm. on the characters and stuff, which is unfortunate to see. And I also encountered a bug where um, the boss fight you do with the other two uh, mages. Uh, did the game crash? The game would crash. Yeah, yeah. same. Which is, which is also unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> I had to, like, Google it and then find out how to put in the cheat code to get the scene select. 
So ah. you can restart the chapter, which gets rid of the bug. Weird. I just did it again, and, oh. it, and it worked. I did it three times, and wow. it crashed each time. So. That's just bad luck, I think. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, from what I found, it's something that's supposed to like hard lock your game, unless you do that uh, cheat. But weird. I yeah. I I had a crash. It was like it was the it was at the last part of it yeah it's like soon as you kill it yeah it cra- the game crashed i booted the game back up reloaded it beat the fight and it just went on mm. so i didn't quite have that much of an issue yeah. they, i mean th- this is something we talked about i think what the one that it stands out to me is on uh nano tail oh i was gonna say blasphemous that time when i lost that uh oh yeah file thing <laughs> uh blasphemous yeah, was a bigger deal nano tail also yeah a buggy game yeah, is is but like I remember us talking about it and saying, you know, like we don't tend to want to focus on the sort of technical aspects of things. We like to talk more about design. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this game definitely has its share of uh, little, little problem areas. Yeah, uh, the game crash is obviously the big one. That's one of those things where, like, if you were listening to this before you play the game, like do look out for that maybe Mm -hmm. back up your save it's like chapter five or something right (laughs) it'll be after the part in the big desert Mm -hmm. uh and then come back and and you know try and reload and do all that shit like that's just like a technical thing that does need addressed Mm -hmm. as far as like the graphics and stuff go the thing that i found most often was that i would somehow fall through floors and shit Mm. uh i would it it seemed fairly common that i would clip through things really um yeah like it happened at least like once every couple of levels Mm. i would just sort of interesting i don't think that ever happened to me I, t- traditionally, yeah. it, it hasn't happened to you. Yeah, so. it's rare that I I glitch into geometry in a game mm-hmm. personally. Uh, I think the biggest defender for me. This might not be real, but <laughs> there was a the the part where you have to go find the guitar playing guy in mm. the time loop town. Uh, you have to like jump across all the roofs yeah and i <laughs> the camera doesn't scroll fast enough to do platforming you like you would stand you would have to come to the edge of a platform and stop while the camera like slowly pans out to mm. give you the because that's just how the camera works in that zone uh and so you just have to wait before you make the jump and so i would constantly just like try and run and jump to the next thing and like overshoot it or miss it uh because i was being impatient Mm -hmm. but that would frequently cause me to like i once got my head clipped into uh like a piece of of the ceiling like of a roof interesting uh yeah it was uh it was. It probably brought on more by my own way of yeah. playing the game. Was there a run button in this? No. Okay, I was gonna say, maybe that was the difference because I don't remember using one. Really? But no, no, there was not. There okay. was not. If you sang the high pitch, <laughs> you would go fast. That's not true. I mean, probably is. That would some, be cool like, though. Brand. I'm sure it was used in some mini game somewhere like that. Yeah. Uh, this game has a dancing button. Sure does. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I know it has the the caramel dancing dance. 
I don't know the names of any dances. Yeah, and it has a dab. Right. You just strike a dab for a while. Uh, and that was, those were sure some, some <laughs> meme ones, but I do like that there is the day it's, it's really difficult to not want to just be holding it down all uh-huh. the time because it does make the game a li- just like significantly funnier, uh, all at all times. Yeah. I do, yeah. It just really works in this. I think mm-hmm. I do wish it was useful in more than like two places yeah like for some secrets and stuff mm-hmm. uh but but yeah what are you gonna do i guess so for a game about being a bard and going around and singing songs and stuff mm-hmm. what did you think about this game's actual music uh i feel like i liked it um i, I it's i feels like a weird thing to say but i i feel like i wish it would have stood out to me a little more um, but I definitely wasn't the, the kind of game where I was like, eh, I don't remember it. It was fine. <laughs> it was definitely better than that. Um, and I think it complemented the visuals really well. And I liked how like your own like singing and like the tones of like the sound design, like the birds would chirp a song or whatever you, for you to sing, like how that all kind of blended together. It definitely felt like a part of the game world, I think, yeah. more than other games. Yeah, that actually is pretty close to what I was going to hit on as well there. It's like, to me, I feel like the sound design in the game is incredible. Um, I think that they do a really good job of of inserting all of those things. Like you mentioned, the birds chirping and like in the the scene in the factory where like all of the other people are humming or playing an instrument or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and having that build into something. Uh, greater than its like individual parts. Uh, I felt like some they. It seemed like there were so many different music tracks, and they were all written for like each individual zone, mm-hmm. and just some of them worked really well, and some of them I think relied heavily on that background stuff in order to make it work. Yeah. Um. So I yeah I don't hate it and I don't love it, but I think that all together I think the 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 audio experience of this, I think was something they obviously wanted to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did so well. I think that it was, uh, it's not memorable. Like you said, like in the way that it's like stuck in my head, but it, it worked so well that I'm remembering whole scenes rather than just songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, I don't know. That's a success in my opinion. Yeah. Also that the pirate ship track is dope. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> yeah, like I know when we talked about we talked about similar stuff when we talked about uh Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's like a hot take, but in my mind I think this accomplishes uh incorporating music into the game better than that one. I mean, I would agree. I think I think if you listen to the episode, obviously <laughs> yeah, I would agree, yeah, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> You just don't know if other people would or not. Yeah. If it's a hot take, it's probably only hot because nobody had thought about it. Yeah, it's actually, now. it's a very, very cold take. It would have been hot, mm-hmm. you know, several years ago. But... <laughs> I'm coming down Just send an email? Yeah. <laughs> um... So aside from the potential anti-aliasing problems, uh-huh. what did you think about the art style as well? Uh, I liked it. Um, I, it feels very like uh, like 
like Paper Mario or like Kirby's Epic Yarn or something, um, like a crafty looking art style. Um, but like I think it's like we talked about this on probably like Donut County and maybe Goose Game, but like there's like a homogenous not may, that might be too harsh, but like there's this kind of like indie aesthetic. Yeah. Um, that this definitely falls into, but I feel like it stands out. Like I can't like name another game that specifically looks like this one. Um, so uh, I really liked that about it. Um, I, I liked, uh, like a lot of the bard's animations, like whenever he's like really excited about a thing and he'll like do this with his fists, yeah. like move them both up and down simultaneously <laughs> for all you, uh, listeners. Uh-huh. Um, Everyone. Yes. Except Chad. Yes. Um, but, uh, just really funny. Like there's a lot of charm and humor in the, in the, in the, in the art style that I liked. Yeah, I was surprised by the... Because when I looked at this game for the first time, we were deciding whether or not we wanted to do it. The art style is what made me say, like, hell yeah, I do want to do this. Because it just looks like crayon drawings. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously higher fidelity and, like, brought to life in a fun way. Yeah, like, the character designs feel very, like, kid notebook drawings. Yeah, yeah. And I was just really fucking taken aback by the colors and shit and, mm-hmm. and wanted to see what it was. Uh, and I was amazed because I didn't even like think. I think the moment that I thought about it the first time is during the sequence where it zooms in real close on your face after you drink coffee for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the, the bard's face is two dots just... and the world's tiniest little line yeah, for a mouth. For a mouth. And I had felt like I had seen emotion being properly and well executed. Like it, the expression worked mm-hmm. and it was such, it's such a simple design. And I think the sound definitely plays into that. He has kind of a beetle. Yeah. Sound, like kind of voice where he'll just be, Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, and I think that, like, b- between bringing in different tropes and little animation flourishes, they managed to create a really expressive art style out of something that is just insanely simplistic. Yeah. yeah. Then the like, backgrounds are really nice, though. Yeah, it's like the Wind Waker thing. Like, it's a lot of time, like, simplifying the face. Because, like, cartoons have been doing this for fucking almost 100 years now. Right. Uh, there's, like, a lot of shorthand and stuff that you can look at um, for this kind of stuff. Like, the simplest little shapes... You know, like arching your eyes uh, makes you look like happy and, you know, the same thing with the mouth and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and they use it to really good effect. Is there anything else you got on your list you want to jump on? Nope. The art style was the last thing we hadn't talked about. Wow. It's like you were reading my mind. Or your notes. and Or my notes. You were peeking across the table. Do we have F sharp thoughts? Uh, thing of falsetto falsetto thoughts um my falsetto thoughts are i liked this game mm. um i also saw this game um and liked like the art style and the colors and like just the kind of vibe of it um and the idea of like a kind of like a pacifist game where you just sing to everyone sounded interesting um and yeah, like for me, like the variety in the gameplay, like while I agree it is a bit all over the place, like especially one that stands out is like the the wizard town when you change the gravity um, was kind of finicky. Um, and how like the analog stick would like make you move around the platforms and stuff. 
Um, but for me, that's like so not what the game was after mm. like the first little bit of it. And it really became about like the characters and exploring the world and like talking to people and them always having different dialogue and like fucking with things and singing at them and seeing if they change color or do certain things. And I really enjoyed all of that um, in a way that, that just kind of really carried it for me and that I, I liked a lot. Um, but yeah, like I think... This game, I don't know, it, it stands out. Like, I, I kind of expected that it might be one of those indie games that, like, looks interesting, then we play it, and then it's kind of just, like, okay. Um, but for me, like, I don't know, it really, like, kind of scratched an itch of, like, injecting some variety in a way that, like, not a lot of games do. Um, I guess because it's hard to pull off. Um, but, yeah, it really did it for me. Um, and um, if you like the way the game looked and its use of color... I put another game unknowingly on our short list called Chicory or Chicory. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce it. That's by the same guy. Uh, okay. I didn't know that he was developing that too. So I look forward to checking that out eventually. Um, but yeah, I like this game and I will quit rambling about it. Uh, I also like this game, um, but like less. <laughs> I think that, I think the game was really charming and it was really funny. Uh it had it had pretty good writing though. Definitely skirts the the same line that something like Donut County did where a lot of the characters were written in sort of this aloof millennial kind of way in a way that they sort of just wanted it to contrast with the bard. Um which is your player character is a little bit odd, but either way, it, it it still landed with me. Like I thought it was pretty funny, um, and it went at places with its like tone that I wasn't expecting it to. That I think made it really hit home. I think it has like a certain expression of uh, like sort of like a mo- more modern style of like general malaise, and that the games is like just you know confront your feelings that kind of a thing is its overall point and i do and i generally support it i think that most of all the things they did in that zone they did really well and pretty much the only complaints that i have is that it just does not have a focus at all on anything it it bounces all over the place and it wants to do something new every 10 minutes and sometimes those things are great. Sometimes I am laughing my ass off because I'm grinding down a mountain like it's a Tony Hot game and it plays like a faux ska core track in the background and you collect coins. Uh, and then other times I'm like frustratedly walking back and forth on the ceiling, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so hit and miss. I, I think if this game was more focused and it was shorter... I think this would be an easy recommendation for me, but I am less, I'm more on the fence about it. This is more like a, if you really want to try something different, this is definitely there and is worth your time. Um, But if you're more casually interested in something different, maybe this isn't the one because it's going to request a bit of you uh, to finish. Thank you for listening to No Clip Paga this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're going to be talking about Momodora, uh, which I think has a subtitle. 
that I've forgotten. I sure don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, but it is a, uh, a 2D Metroidvania game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to coincide with Metroid Dread, though I think this one is a little bit less dreadful. I don't know. It's got spooky uh, art direction, like kind of Halloween-y themed. Uh, you 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 do fight using a little maple leaf. Uh, you play as a girl. I don't really know much about it. I think it's a Western developer, but it takes a lot of Japanese influence. Mm-hmm. And I'll apologize in advance if those are wrong facts. <laughs> so we'll find out next time. And until then, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at nocliptpodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find links to uh, our Discord, our Twitter, uh, our email address. If you want to send us a uh, cool-ass podcast dudes email. Uh, And (laughs) you can check out all of our old episodes uh, there or on YouTube, including episodes on... Basically anything on Pocket really kind of fits in with this one, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned several games here uh, with like in Donut County, uh, Sword, Goose Game. Yeah, Sword and Sorcery. Sword and Sorcery. Uh, I made a glib reference to the Cat Lady earlier. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Xenoblade. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Toem was a recent one, a short hike. Yeah. Some fun indie experiences. Yep. This is this is a wheelhouse game. Mm-hmm. Our wheelhouse is filling up. This wheel just so happens to be uh, eight notes uh, <laughs> that are color coded. Uh huh. And if you hold down the top one, it'll let you subscribe. Uh. <laughs> Counteract the wind being caused in the tunnel by a yeti. By holding down the button, the like button. <laughs> was published by Humble Bumble. Bumble. <laughs> swipe right. Why in Oakland pocket? Swipe right. Was developed by Greg Lobanov, published by Hum- God damn it, it's so funny. <laughs> Humble Bumble. It's, it was developed by Hubba Bubba. <laughs> You're making games now. <laughs> this is what happens when you leave Hubba Bubba unchecked for too long. Welcome to no- the no- Nub Clip Pub Clip. Developed by Hubbubbing, Greg Uh <laughs> Developed by Bumblebees. <laughs>